Hi there, um, here I am, ready to do another podcast, but this time on my own. Um, everyone decided they no longer wanted to be on this podcast because of how deeply raw and vulnerable this was. I'm joking, this is a test run, testing, testing. So here it is. Um, I'm not with anyone this week. I'm actually going to do a few podcasts on my own, uh, purely just as sort of musings and thoughts and uh, things that have come up over time, both as a pastor and a counsellor, that I just kind of wanted to sort of hit straight on, if that's all right. I don't proclaim myself to be absolutely perfect. In fact, I'm far from it. But I actually wanted to look at a particular subject today, and um, and that is the art of being unoffendable, especially in this particular day and age where we have had such a politically divisive year, um, such a sort of loaded canon, it feels, of um, opinions and firing of thoughts back and back and forth for the last sort of 18 months. Now, I understand you know, sometimes we get a bit bored and so we get very invested in these things that are taking place in the political world. Some of us have very big social justice hearts um, that actually need to uh, find an outlet. And obviously we all have a heart to make the world a better place. So I do understand that there are certain things that have been taking place both in America and England um, that could cause concern and cause massive alarm, Um, whether it's to do with the immigration crisis or whether it's to do with um, who is the president of the United States of America. One thing I've noticed above all is that it seems to be the most rife in anger, opinion and actually a disconnection of relationships in general, um, covering most of humanity. Um, I've been having conversations with girlfriends who might be working in a makeup counter in Selfridges in London and they're telling me that they're watching racism happen for the first time in a pretty classy establishment at Selfridges. It sort of just throws you off guard a bit and you think... Wow, we really get into this place. I thought we moved on from here. So I kind of want to look at a little bit of, um, and this isn't a politically loaded podcast. This is more actually looking at how are we getting so offended and and how is that not filtering our decisions on making rational, uh, managing our emotions to a sense of still being kind to someone even if we disagree. So I think one of the things that I sort of wanted to start looking at is is where does this sense of offence come from? And I did kind of, you know, I love, I do love a good quote, darling, I do love a good quote. So I actually found one which I think actually um, epitomises how I feel. Um, especially as a Christian growing up, I, I had a lot of opinions thrown at me by a lot of people um, and they might have taken on the offence of watching me being religious or um, having a faith in God and whatever their journey in life perspective was on faith, God and religion, uh, they decided to throw all of that my way um, and I might have just done nothing but said hello to them in the high street. Um, I'm very aware that I I remember a testimony came up on, of me on a story somewhere on my Facebook page and an old school friend had um, <clears throat> said a couple of lines underneath the video clearly disagreeing um, and it's absolutely right for anyone to, if they wish to disagree, they can do. Um, but the sentiments don't just go from disagreeing. This now went to a, a message privately sent to me saying that he felt that all religious people should be round up and shot. Um, and ironically, paradoxically, then said that he felt like religion caused all war, which I thought, well, that's funny. This was a non-religious person telling me that I should be shot. So on that level alone, I, I was like, well, what a fascinating, what a fascinating approach. And um, of course, I could, I was deeply hurt by that, to be honest with you. But um, I chose not to retaliate and I chose not to be offended. Um, 
but I wouldn't say that I was always like that. Sometimes I got easily offended and um, I was I'm a very sensitive child, especially with the fact that I'm an only child. So I never really dealt with sibling rivalry <laughs> in my childhood. So anyway, one of the quotes that I wanted to just um, share just to kind of kick this off is by Salman Rushdie. He once said, we, the public, are easily lethally offended. We have come to think of taking offence as a fundamental right. We value very little more highly than our rage, which gives us, in our opinion, the moral high ground. From this high ground, we can shoot down at our enemies and inflict heavy fatalities. We take pride in our short fuses. Um, fuses. Our anger elevates, transcends. And so I guess that's the part that I I kind of want to approach today and, and maybe just plant a seed of thought. How helpful is it to be offended? How helpful is it for us to have that rage and anger towards other people? Um, not very much, to be honest with you. And most of the time it causes distance, dissonance and uh, loses respect pretty much overnight. Um, I find it interesting that there are many journalists out there that will um, write many articles about, you know, the church that I attend um, and if I know them personally, I get to watch how they are just in general with people. And it seems to be this common denominator of um, this sort of almost an enjoyment of criticising other people. This enjoyment of um, not only disagreeing with someone's policies or ethical thoughts, but also having a, set, a slant to uh, defame someone's character or question their morality or question their humanity and that then has this knock-on effect of just disrespecting somebody else and for me I, I I've just never found good fruit from that I've never seen it helpful when the church uh, disowns someone when someone's messed up I've never found it helpful when um, I meet someone who's religious who has theological different ideas to what I might have and distances themselves from me or just has a sort of furrowed brown towards what we might um, do as a sort of environment here and what I care for is that we can love in disagreement and what does that look like what does that actually what does it actually mean to me? I've, I've never found responsible people or, or levels of high leadership um, be easy to offend. In fact, I do have a theory now, the more I pass to people, the more I counsel people, that the healthier, more healed someone is, the less offended they are. They allow people to sort of go on their own freedom of choice. They allow people to make their own decisions. Um, and unless it sort of directly affects us, which of course is where some of this political upset and anger can come from, because sometimes Sometimes those policies do affect us and they do affect how we do our lives in our, um, and how we keep peace with the rest of the world. I do understand that. But I also feel like in order to actually change and make fruit come from a good decision or from, from healthy ideas, model what you believe rather than argue what you believe. And so at times I'll go to a party and I'll sit down and um, whether it's because I'm a Christian or whether it's because I just go to church in general, um, it can be amazing how many people will beeline for me in a party because they wish to have some kind of heated debate. Um, sometimes people do actually just want to have an interesting debate and they are interested in your thoughts and, and, and your the decisions that you make. I remember people being highly offended by me just by not putting out, by not having sex with anyone. Um, and some of that I thought I recognise it's really how we view ourselves. So when I talked about being unhealed in the sense of offence, when I watch people who might take a great ram raid of criticism, um, they don't lash back, they don't react heavily, um, and they don't get involved in someone else's offence. Um, normally they want to side with what's truth, 
And normally they want to side with a sense of tenderness, a sense of being able to stay connected to someone even when you're in disagreement. And this is the problem that I think this generation is currently having is if you don't agree with me, then you don't love me, which I have to say, I've got many atheist friends that love me dearly and disagree with what I believe. And so this is the area that I think has helped me a lot on the journey of maturity, especially in the last few years of, I have become a lot less offended since being kind to myself. Much of what we are trying to hold our approval of ourselves, our identity down to, is because of how we um, interact with others. We, we're looking for approval all the time if we don't love ourselves well, if we don't have a sense of strength or, found out, or foundation that is actually based on, um, and of course if we're believers, is based on how we see ourselves through a Christ-like lens. And so if I'm basing my journey and my faith on religion itself, the legalistic side of religion, on this on this particular description, I'm, I'm making religious uh, religion, the word religion, a negative um, meaning in the sense it's very law based, very legalistic. We get highly offended very quickly. The Pharisees were highly offended at Christ um, and missed the whole point altogether. And so when we're dealing here with um looking at whole healthy people. I look at Christ, I look at the amount of things that he was faced with on a day-to-day basis, the amount of criticism, rejection, isolation that he was constantly um, facing on a day-to-day basis, purely based on what he was modelling and what he believed. Um, But very rarely did you ever see him have to defend himself. Very rarely did he need to explain himself. He was really only going to explain himself or... or, um, or have conversations with those that generally wanted to know. So sometimes I have a dealing, I think there's a couple of topics that I want to kind of cover over. What do we do when someone's deeply offended with us, when we didn't mean to offend them, uh, when actually our lifestyle itself is just deeply offensive towards someone else? Well, I always make sure that there's a, a there's a space for them to have a conversation. It may not be that I pick up the phone straight away. It might be that I make sure that I'm I'm in a healthy space to be able to receive that kind of information. Sometimes you can't guard yourself that easily, but other times I would say actually there's a there's a, always a space for someone to give us constructive criticism. Secondly, I always look at. Um, how are they doing relationships with other people? Are they fairly codependent people? If they're codependent people, and then they're probably lacking an awful lot of self-worth. Um, they're probably uh, either swing from a pendulum of being um, very self-sufficient, having no needs at all, to absolute needs and expectations of you being a sort of mother or father figure to them, in which case they paste you on a pedestal and anything that you do, um, well, easily you'll be able to fall off that pedestal and they could easily get into an element of bitterness towards you. Um, I've definitely been on the receiving end of that and um, I give them space to talk, but I don't let them speak to me for longer than 20 minutes. Um, I don't really let them um, get into my heart on that kind of level and um, people can get upset with just you having boundaries that I'm not going to let people come into um, deeper, uh, much deeper levels of relationship with me when they haven't actually earned that kind of trust. And also, I don't know them very well, so I might just be a boss or a leader to them rather than an actual friend. And so that in itself can be deeply offensive, especially if you're stepping into a space of leadership or as a boss-like figure or an influential figure into their life, um, which is some level of authority. Um, you will take on sometimes the experience 
experiences they've already had with a leader or a boss beforehand. So you have to be aware that sometimes going into the just going into a position as a boss or an influential figure into someone else's life is instantly offensive. Um, and I normally try to um, set up a space of an environment that is actually already safe for them um, or as safe as I possibly can do so that they can start to build trust with me. And I'll even have exposed conversations about what have you experienced with bosses before you? What's your journey been like with leadership? You can normally tell pretty quickly if they're offended by you because they keep distant <laughs> or they'll attack you pretty quickly. Um, so there, those are a couple of things that I'm just aware of. What am I dealing with here as soon as I sort of get into this space? The people that know me the best uh, are normally the least offended by me. <laughs> um, it's normally uh, when we have a level of disconnection. It's when we have a le- only a level of knowing someone, but not fully, that we don't have as much grace for someone. Um, so as soon as you go into a public figure or you have a level of responsibility where you have more and more people knowing you, but knowing you less and less as an actual character or person, then you're more likely to be someone to be affected by uh, people that are offended by you and you might just remind them of somebody else you might just grate them because of your accent or you might just I don't know you might just have a really strange laugh and instantly they're just equally offended but I would say when I've when I've dealt with people that come to me and I hear them criticizing somebody else or um, just equally targeting someone as a state of um, anger and, and aggression I find myself listening to how they might speak about other people. Um, I'll wait and listen. Sometimes they might they might have a valid point. I don't like to wash this all out completely and say, oh, well, they obviously don't love themselves. But if I start to see a pattern of people criticising other people, if I see people um, take deep offence on, on, on relatively small things, if I hear people instantly go into a political subject um, or use general blanket statements over particular races over particular denominations I've got hundreds of people that will you know accuse me of being at um at a cult here in northern California um and of course the first question I ask is have you ever been have you ever visited no interesting so there are these kind of moments where people just actually love to ride on the wave of an opinion everyone loves to have an opinion because that makes them feel like they've got some sense of worth some sense of significance if i'm listening to someone consistently criticize i've been on dates with guys that are just criticizing someone's shoes or how someone else is dressed in the street or uh, criticizing um what some of my bosses might be um standing for um, it doesn't take me too long to realise that they actually really aren't very kind to themselves. And um, and you can see that normally when you give them a little taster of their own medicine, i.e. question them this is the way that they're questioning you. And I'm not suggesting to retaliate, but it's actually really interesting to see if they can actually take it um, or if they get very defensive. So normally those are the, those are the kind of situations I don't normally get into um, huge amounts of debate with, nor give or feed much... Um, food for thought in that area um, because essentially you're kind of trying to test the soil in which you're giving this feedback to if the soil feels like rock hard ground um, then is there any point of you wasting your words probably not um, I also have to be very careful not to pick up someone else's offense towards somebody else sometimes um, I don't know let's take an example of a girlfriend um, might just be looking at um, a, a new guy that's on the scene and um, there have been a couple of other people that have experienced bad in bad scenarios with him. I don't know. They just he didn't treat them very well. He was a bit in the grey. Um, he 
I don't know, he just, he did something to offend them, um, or was slightly hurtful, and he, he probably was in the wrong, um, but those people can go around to the next person that might be going on a date with them, or that, that person might, um, know of somebody else that's getting into a relationship with him and they feel like it's their new duty to sort of give a heads up and a warning of how toxic this man might be in the dating culture well the reality is he might have done a really bad job and he might have actually made some really bad mistakes um, but that doesn't mean to say that he can't change and it doesn't mean to say that there was just an interesting choice of, compa of compatibility between you and the other person your offense doesn't have to be somebody else's and if I have been faced with anyone coming to me with an offence that they have with somebody else and I might be interested in this person, um, then I normally sit down with that person and go, hey, this has been brought to my attention. What are your thoughts about it just out of interest? Um, and they'll normally go, yeah, I did a terrible job. <laughs> and I certainly repented as much as I could. Um, but unfortunately, they still haven't let go of the bitterness. And one of the things I notice is that when people are offended beyond the sense of offence, um, they hold on to it. And I don't mean just for a month, just for two months. They can hold on to it for years and years and years. And not only does it become just towards one person, it then becomes towards another person. And what they start to attract um, is essentially tainted with their own perspective and lens. A lot of this quantum physics will talk about what you think is what you... Um, what you attract in your life so as so as a man thinks so is his heart and there's something about um uh what we start to spill into our belief system actually rewires the brain there's a lot of books out there everything from dr caroline leaf that talks about you can switch on your brain to quantum love um many different quantum physics books that actually talk about what we believe about things will actually start to come into manifestation and actually come into existence um we might think that's a bit of a new agey thing, but actually there's a lot of scriptural references to sort of back this up. Um, so truly, one of the things that I would say is if someone has taken out some kind of offence towards me, if someone has accused me of some things, if someone is just having a big rant at me, um, I will listen to that and sometimes it will deeply hurt me. But the question is, do I need to go back and give them the last word? Do I need to go back and actually retaliate against them? Probably not, because whatever that last word is, it's still giving a huge amount of power to that other person. I've, I've been on the other end where someone's held a grudge against me for, for a good part of a year. And um, I'll always give space and always give time um, to listen to what they have to say, just in case there's anything that I could learn from it, because there's sometimes there are. Um, but there are other times where I go, wow, this is actually a loaded this is a loaded gun being fired at me and it feels like for the last eight months we've built a case towards me and now I'm here listening to it. I could try and reason with you but I think even if I try and reason with you or even go, well, that wasn't my heart at all and actually my heart was actually to do this in that conversation. It depends if they listen to it or not. Sometimes I think what we're, and I was having this conversation the other day um, with a few pastors, sometimes we've we've swung the pendulum so far from... The generations before millennials, which would have been, you know, parents that weren't necessarily big on EQ. They were big on um, keeping busy, have a stable job. Um, you can look at um, books like Aziz Ansari's Modern Romance. And he'll talk about just how differently we choose our marriages 30 years ago than how we do now. Obviously, Aziz Ansari is probably a bad, <laughs> a bad reference to use because of things that have been talked about him in the paper. 
However, I think actually maybe that's no flippant choice that I used his name because, again, he was recently cited as um, being offensive towards one particular woman. Uh, she writes an article about her encounter with him and, lo and behold, the offence has now littered the rest of the internet. Now, we only ever know the truth when we are the first person witness. We're the person that was in that story. Um, and I haven't actually found myself um, in situations where... Um, I'll be counselling people. I hear one side of the story and another side of the story and somewhere in the middle is the truth. Um, and that doesn't mean to say that I can't be passionate for both sides. Um, and I used to be a massive loyalist. I used to have uh, real problems if someone um, heard my story um, but then distanced themselves when they heard the other side. Um, I really had a, a real problem with that. Um, I felt unknown, I felt unseen, I felt very misunderstood um, and would then create more offence towards the person that wasn't even involved in the first story but then has then become part of the counselling team after that story. Um, and that, I think, was a great indication, honestly, of myself. I was still looking for approval outside of myself. I was looking for comfort. I was looking to not be abandoned in my, potentially, my greatest moment of mess. Um, and instead of holding on to the truth of what I believed God felt about me, I was still very much idolizing and um, creating my friend's opinion to be an idol in itself. Now, um, I think we have to be realistic. We will at times offend people um, just purely by the choices and the code systems that we've been brought up with. Um, there are other times where we'll completely ignore being offensive to other people um, just so that it means we don't have to look at ourselves. And I think there are times where if we're seeing a pattern of consistent criticism towards us of the same thing, then we do need to sit down, we do need to listen. One of the reasons why I really believe in accountability and having a committee of people around you is actually to make sure that we don't go above and beyond being offensive um, when we don't need to be. Um, I think there's also another part of this whole, this whole pattern, really. When people have come to me with, like I was saying, loaded case studies, um, just you can feel it on them. They'll be using many um, techniques and structures to try and confront you fairly, but actually they're still accusing you of pretty dramatic language and using pretty... Um, it's, it's sort of heavy weight behind the words that they're using. Um, and there have been times where I... And I don't have many of these conversations, but when I do, I sort of ask, why are you having this conversation with me? Because it doesn't, you'll know when they're sort of holding on to offence because they're choosing to stay with their opinion and um, they'll stay with the opinion and you won't really feel like a breakthrough by the end of the conversation, no matter how many times you say sorry. And you can say sorry a lot of times and these people will still hold on um, to some kind of bitterness. And the problem with bitterness, and this is the reason why I think I want to challenge the whole subject of being offensive um, or offended, is <clears throat> when we get offended by someone, and we're not choosing to forgive them or choosing to actually look at them in a rational state. We're looking to get our own back. We're looking to um, have our, our heart heard on this whole journey. We're looking to fight for ourselves. We've become very protective over ourselves because we've been offended by that person. If I'm not choosing to find some element of compassion it doesn't mean I condone with that person but if I'm not choosing to actually look at responding with honor towards that person then I'm instantly falling into a space of bitterness and bitterness in itself will open up now a whole new door to a whole new realm that is not 
of a kingdom mindset. I've, um, I've actually had to deal with an awful lot of um, most of the trauma that I deal with with people um, and guide them through in counseling is based from offense. Now, sometimes now I'm not talking about um, necessarily the real hardcore cases like sexual abuse or uh, the girls that I've dealt with who've been put into sex trafficking rings. I'm talking really about um, an unkind word um, being let down um, how much of that was our responsibility of putting great expectations on these people in the first place? Were we truly expecting people to be perfect? Or did we actually have a space to allow them to be human? Did we allow them to go, you know what, I don't think you were thinking right. Or you were tired. Or maybe you didn't mean what you said you did. This is how I got it. But actually, I'm sure your heart was something different. There are many times where I, I, I will have been thrown a, a bit of a grenade of a an insult on some level, um, especially in the job that I do. Um, and I will take it with, with a serious um, element of weight. But I won't then hold it against them. One of the most freeing things I've found in the last few years um, is when someone has cho chosen to be upset with me, to be hurt with me, to um, actually say some pretty... Um, cruel things or become very defensive or defiant towards me um, one of the most freeing things I can find is actually to still continue to love them even if they distance themselves from me even if they um, are saying bad things about me in the environment there's something very powerful about looking someone in the eyes and saying yeah I still love you and you can continue to have this offense. And I'm sorry if you felt that way. That wasn't my heart. It wasn't my intention. Um, but sometimes I feel like the most offended of people are the ones who are the least self-aware. And uh, they're not hearing. It seems like when someone is offensive towards them, it means that they can be offensive back. And that for me is like, now you're actually committing as great a crime. And, and if not a worse crime, especially if that person wasn't intending to do something that you're suggesting that they did. I think there are many times as well, like I was saying, the pendulum swing between um, generations before the millennials have now gone to millennials wanting to have their heart have a voice, wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen, wanting to be understood. It's a sort of repercussion of not being heard or given any time for feelings and emotion by by older generations that um, didn't really have much time for um, emotional intelligence. But I actually feel like we're going a much worse way, which is everyone wants to have an opinion. Everyone wants to be significant with that opinion. And uh, now we're having these conversations of confrontation, um, both on the lines of internet. I mean, let's not even go into the internet way that we deal with things. Um, I really don't like to get involved in forums that are critiquing or an analysing um, a movement somewhere in the world. I appreciate those that do this for a living, if they're reporters or if they are um, particular writers on social justice or um, or profiles of particular people. I realise we have to have historical accounts of what's happening. Everyone needs to write about something somehow um, in order for generations after us to learn from us. But have we ever really learned the art of dealing with offence? Have we ever really learned to choose honour towards someone, even when they're doing the absolute opposite of what we believe to be kind or tender? If I really want someone to be kind or tender, then I have to model it myself. 
And so there are many times where I'll keep quiet whilst an entire group of people are having an, um, a conversation about um, whether it's bringing down a president or bringing down um, some leader of a political party. Um, I particularly find it difficult hearing criticism towards presidents, even if they're doing what uh, might be deemed as something outrageous or something unfair or something unkind. Um, we've never been in that position of being president. We've never been in that position of being the head of a political party. And so we can disagree with the policies. We can disagree with the actions taking place. But it doesn't mean to say that we need to subtract our kindness. And it doesn't mean to say that we subtract how tender we are in the conversations. And I would say the most influential time that I've ever been with someone that I'm disagreeing with is when I'm at my kindest towards them. I've never been able to win over a student when, <laughs> not that I'm trying to win over a student, but I've never been able to um, transform or help a student or guide a student if they don't believe that I love them first. And so this is part of the journey for me is um, what I find so interesting. And I remember a, a homosexual friend of mine um, once said to me, you know, I could publicly disagree with you about being a Christian and I could throw you some pretty harsh words. Um, <clears throat> I could tell you, I could call you being brainwashed I could say that you um were easily influenced I could say that your faith is just nothing but a crutch because you can't cope with life but if you turn around to me as a as a heterosexual to a homosexual and you're disagreeing with me about um my beliefs of whether homosexuality was a born thing or whether it was something that was nurtured in me um you'd be considered a homophobe and you would be considered um offensive but it seems to be all right if I could say exactly the same thing in public towards you. So there does seem to be this sort of element of double standards in the sense that um, if, if we are opening up a chasm of debate, then it has to be done with respect. And sometimes I really love watching the likes of John Lennox and Richard Dawkins debate. Um, because they purely keep it on the topics. One is a hardcore atheist, one is a hardcore Christian. And both are equally brilliant minds. On a level of intellectualism, it's a really fascinating debate to watch. And sometimes Richard Dawkins gets more wound up <laughs> than John Lennox. And it's one of the reasons why I like, I actually enjoyed the debate so much. Um, it just shows to me that when someone like John Lennox is that calm and um, that happy to deliver his decisions about what the gospel is about compared to a very irritable um, Richard Dawkins. It's normally the reasons why, why if there's a vote system going on, John Lennox will win. Um, but there is something about keeping calm in the storm. If you look at all the great characters of the Bible, ones that really did um, fester a beautiful relationship um, with God and had such a secret place, you will know in times of tension when they are being uh, hurled the most venomous of attacks and insults, uh, they're kind, um, they're patient, and they always let the other person have their say. And sometimes... For as much as we try and reason with these people, um, as much as we try and explain why we do, why we said what we said that caused the offence in the first place, um, I would be very cautious to be careful of dramatic language. I would be very cautious to just because we believe that our heart de deserves to have a voice, it doesn't mean we get to attack someone. And it doesn't mean to say that we caveat that with, well, this is how I feel. 
I think sometimes we think that just because we use the I statements, like we've often been taught in the sense of gentle communication should come from an I statement, not a you statement, not an attack of some kind. I think we think that it's okay then to start coming out with a barrage of very heavy language. And actually, I think that um, it demeans your point. It demeans your argument. And one of the things that I would say is um, we really need to take some time out. If we feel that we've been offended, uh, if someone has done something to deliberately hurt us or perhaps they just didn't think of them, our, our, our hearts in the journey, um, which is often the case when you're dealing, especially with a sort of boss and employee level, um, employees normally expect um, there's an element of entitlement, really, uh, that we're the ones that have it together and they can kind of get away sometimes with uh, difficult behaviour. I think sometimes, and I and I would be guilty for this as well, when I had a boss and I I was expecting things in my boss, it actually wasn't his job in the first place. Um, I realised just how much I didn't love myself in the journey. I wasn't kind to me in the journey. And so I think um, the kinder I've been towards myself, the more grace I've had towards other people, um, the more tender I am in these moments of being hurt, the less I need to go and have my voice heard by the other person. If it's someone who's in a friendship and a relationship with me and I'm continuing to do a friendship and relationship with someone, then absolutely we'll have a sit down. But it never needs to be at a sort of disconnected, attacking, um, brutal kind of way. It can always be with a sense of gentleness and kindness. And sometimes when you're trying to confront someone who might have crossed a boundary, um, sometimes they're going to instantly get offended by the fact that you've confronted them in the first place. Um, Those are the ones that normally will harbour some bitterness towards you for a few months, if not years, to come. And over the journey, I think I've realised that um, my my part to play as as just a normal human being on the planet is actually I, I always realize that hurt people never really normally mean to hurt people normally it's coming from a space of brokenness um, normally um, they actually don't know what they do and so how can I possibly hold so much offense and bitterness towards someone when they just may not have understood your point of view maybe they haven't understood your angle or where you're coming from um, Being unoffendable doesn't mean that we get to speak our minds sometimes. Being unoffendable doesn't mean that we uh, get to confront those people who have hurt us. But it doesn't mean to say that we disconnect. It doesn't mean to say we go around the the, uh, environment. It doesn't mean to say we put passive-aggressive subliminal messages up on our Facebook statuses. In fact, that's probably the weakest format I can ever see. People write on Instagram and they put these loaded commentaries and sort of narratives about their seasons and... Um, there's a direct hit towards someone there. For me, I'm like, yeah, you're you're now walking in a level of bitterness, not um, not actually choosing to confront the situation at the time, and um, and that for me is one of the. How do we make sure that even if we are offended, that we don't go into a level of a bitterness? Well, because I have a fairly good relationship with my heart these days, I actually can know when it's been stung pretty quickly. And we always know when it's been stung very quickly, but sometimes we just want to rub it off and say that it doesn't matter. Sometimes we want to um, retaliate straight away. And it's sometimes in our retaliation that we create the bitterness because they've ignited something ugly in us. And then we put that onto them as well, which just feels so unfair in general. But I think as soon as I found myself being stung by someone's words or an action that they've done, 
I will normally sit down pretty quickly and I'll, or I'll even notice in the moment, go, oh, heart, that kind of hurt, didn't it? And the heart will go, yeah, it did actually. (laughs) Okay, well, we're going to go and have a chat about that and we'll process it later. Most of the things that I get offended by, I keep between me and the Lord. If it's a continual relationship where they're very close to me, they're my friend, they're my confidant, um, I will always make sure that we don't get into any sort of text debate and I'll always pick up the phone very quickly and go, can I ask some questions? There's just something that has occurred in that one. Can I just check something? And normally within half an hour it's resolved. If that, normally within five minutes I've got my understanding and my bearings of stuff. But I I really hesitate for people to send long emails to people or write out letters or just because they want to get their heart heard. I'm like, you're just wanting to get the final word. It doesn't feel like to me you're actually caring about two people in this journey. There seems to be a lack of respect towards the other person's feelings. And so much of the offence, much of the heartbreak, um, they don't get to see all of that. That's to do with me, my heart and the Lord. It doesn't doesn't mean that they... um, as the culprit, um, get to experience that now. Listen, the reason why I'm saying all of this is because I just did such a bad job when I was offended. I would lash out. I would, um, react back. I would make sort of passive aggressive remarks. I would, um, cut people off and, um, phase out people. But over the last few years, I've, I've just, you know, if someone's been offensive and they haven't been able to say sorry, if they haven't changed their behavior, if they haven't recognized, you know, for example, I had a, a, a someone that sort of lied to me a couple of years ago and um, that person didn't actually uh, recognize what they'd done. Now, that's pretty tough for me because how can I continue to do a relationship with someone that lied and um, and I'd created a huge amount of trust with um, and they're not willing to sort of reason on that ever? Well, I'll always respect them and always um, and reach out for them on occasion. But if they start to distance because they're aware of that, then I'm not going to try and chase that down. I'm not going to try and make something happen that actually isn't supposed to happen. And in the end of the day, I'm very fortunate to have friends that do really respect me and do really um, hold out for connection over being right. And what's happening with offence is we're choosing to be being right over respecting people, over being kind to people, over being kind to ourselves. And um, when I found myself being deeply offended by someone, I try and uh, deal with it straight away so that no bitterness can actually enter my heart. Um, And I try and get their understanding of why they are what they are. If I've had someone um, call me up and give me a piece of their mind, I'll normally go to I don't know, one of my confidants or one of my, um, a counsellor or a boss of mine. And they'll go, oh yeah, I've had those phone calls before. And actually, you know, yeah, those phone calls are never really benefiting both of you. It's normally for them to just get their, their, their final voice heard and essentially carry you a big girl to take it. And I'm like, yeah, I am a big girl to take it. Sometimes I want to retaliate back and they're like, yeah, that's a natural thing, but you'll never regret not retaliating back. You'll always regret going too far you'll always regret saying the wrong thing but often honesty isn't always the best policy um sometimes it causes more harm than necessary so if someone's hurt me and I knew that they didn't mean to and often there are times where people get offended just because you've challenged them on their own behavior um especially if we're sort of guiding on a pastoral level if we're guiding people and they feel like they haven't been heard sometimes it's straight after you've corrected them and uh, that for me is a, um, 
an understandable thing, especially if they've been corrected by people who've hurt them before, or especially if they've lived a life of autonomy and self-sufficiency, especially if they're self-critical, there isn't any room for anyone else to give them constructive criticism. So it's just really learning who are the ones that you can have these conversations with and who are the ones that you can't. And I'm still learning and I'm still um, hopefully gaining understanding every time I come into these kind of moments. Um, but normally I, I always try and there's, there's, you can never be too tender in moments where you've been offended. And, um, and I honestly believe that the kinder I am to self, the more grace I give to myself, uh, the less codependent I've become, the healthier I've journeyed on in this, in this time. Um, especially in the last half decade, I would say, um, the less offended I get, things that I used to get intensely offended by have passed me by and I might even laugh at it or just find it amusing. I have no desire to go and change someone just to appease why I do something. Um, much like, like Christ and his challenges that he had with people. He might have challenged someone, but normally they come to him first. Normally they ask him a question and he'll give their response. He's not knocking on doors and telling them how to be. He's not looking at someone who has nothing to do with their life or has any relationship and throwing out a bunch of judgments. And for me, that is the absolute most disconcerting thing of this generation is because of the internet, because of the lack of... Um, accountability that comes with the internet and writing a thousand comments on people's um, profiles. I'm deeply hurt to see that we're actually becoming more and more isolated um, with less and less accountability, with less people speaking into our lives going, actually, you're the idiot, not the other person. And how you're getting this offended by so many people is beyond my understanding. There comes to a point when you get to the end of yourself. And when I hear someone criticising quite a few different amount of people I'll normally turn around to them and go are you quite harsh on yourself and normally if they if if they've built enough trust with me they'll go yeah <laughs> and so there's this lovely journey that you get to go on with these people of okay if you were kinder to yourself if you actually went through a journey for the next four weeks of being very astute to the thoughts that you have over yourself and the things that you say to yourself, whether it's walking past a mirror or thinking about yourself, the worth that you might have in a relationship, the worth that you might have in your team player, player mentality. Do you really believe that if you were kind to yourself for that much time, you'll be as critical or as negative about other people? And if you are not looking all the time for places to criticise, you will find less places to be offended. So for me... I think we've got to get away from this, this part of having the right to be offended. Just because someone else does something different to me, and I especially speak to Christians towards atheists. Atheists don't believe in a kingdom. So we can't be offended by them when they're not doing kingdom things. They equally, of course, there are some things that are just desperately awful to watch. But I know a lot of Christians that are doing terrible things. <laughs> And we seem to blanket cover them in one section. I think we need to look at the individual head on. I think we have to be care very careful about the opinions we have about people we've never met. And I think we need to be very careful about how we are towards ourselves. Because if I, if I watch someone that really loves who they are, they're very secure. They're often very powerful people. 
and a lot of the fruit of what they do is far more influential and far more impactful than someone who's filled with prejudice, filled with criticism, and there's really not much fruit coming from their life. They could be a highly intellectual person with a very little amount of connection between head and heart. The fruit of their life might be very interesting concepts, but how is it actually being placed out into action? How is that to, with their own personal relationships? I'd like to challenge potentially that there isn't much fruit bed with people that are highly offended. I see much more impacting stories when someone's been offended but cross over the offence and still reach out in an act of nobility, in an act of self-sacrifice, in an act of being humble for the cause of still loving people. And if we as Christians are choosing to be offended towards another church, towards another preacher, towards people outside of the church, then I can bet your, your last dollar, your last tithing money, that the fruit of what you do in your day-to-day -day life will not be as impactful than if you actually reach out to the people that are deliberately offending you. And in fact, for me personally, I always like to give room for people who are offended by me to have space to talk to me. Because it's always, it's always interesting to me that if I keep calm and keep still, and I'll always have boundaries if they're crossing the line of character defamation or just attacking my character on some level or my leadership skills or patronising me, then I am going to challenge them on that. But I also always want to find a space where I can connect to them and make them feel like I've heard them. Um, for me, I, I, I think I just want to wrap up with this, that <clears throat> I would challenge those that get deeply offended or get easily triggered by whether it's the church, whether it's um, an unhealthy friend, whether it's... Um, someone that just is doing something that um, isn't what you would do. Um, vocalize it if you need to, but always do it with kindness and always do it with a tenderness that has a smile at the end of the sentence. And if it's still offending you and it's still triggering you, then take them off the power spot and take them off the pedestal that you place them on in the first place to get into that kind of bitterness. Because essentially no one is offending me that much unless I've given my power over to them. And as you learn over time, especially if you come from a life of codependency, which I might talk about at some point, I used to just give my power away to everyone so quickly. They might have offended me and they confirmed um, some inner lie that I just didn't want to believe I was believing was that I wasn't worthy enough, that I wasn't enough for people. And so I get deeply offended by people if they hurt me or did something accidental. Um, one thing I would say is I have a real problem with people that get offended by people, go around the environment saying things about them but never actually confront them. Um, if it's still continuing, um, this kind of element of offensive and, and bitterness, and there is a level of relationship that you are having, and I don't mean on a sort of boss to employee level or um, pastor to um, student, but I do mean on a friend to friend level or um, you're actually in continuous working business with each other then um, you need to really choose to respect them and honor them by covering that person even if they've done a really bad mess there's a reason why it's documented about Noah's sons covering him when he got very drunk um, it's not to cover the mess so much as to actually honor the person this at his darkest hour and so therefore if you're offended by anyone today if you are holding a grudge towards someone that did something 10 years ago Remember that evil will actually kill itself. 
and it's not your job nor your mouth's money to start changing them or affecting or manipulating them by being offended and being bitter towards them back. That never works. It doesn't do anything. And if anything, it just distances people between each other. Um, those who are determined to be offended will discover a provocative um, subject somewhere. So remember that. We can look at the world with a sense of nobility. Whatever is lovely, whatever is noble, look on these things. Um, but please don't look on whatever is offensive, whatever is bitter, um, making towards you or your heart. Always find a place for grace. Always find um, your calling and purpose to be that which is fruitful, which is kind and which is noble in the land. And I promise you that your life will get exceedingly better because there's so much work to do. There's so much work to be done. And there's a lot of glory that we need to bring to our Lord. So on that note and that note alone, have a fabulous week. And... Um, let me know how you're getting on. Thanks also for all of those that have been messaging and uh, whether you've been messaging me on Instagram or whether it's been on Facebook. It's been so good to hear that you guys are enjoying this podcast and I'm loving doing them. They're much quicker to write than articles, even though I love writing and I, and I love the article process myself. But in this particular season, it's a very busy time. <laughs> so um, I really love connecting with you guys and thanks for all the questions and I will start answering those. And if you have any topics that you'd like me to talk about, I'm more than happy to um, just send a message to um, me on Instagram, which is at Carrie Gracie, C-A-R-R-I-E, Grace, with a Y at the end, um, or Carrie Lloyd on Facebook. Um, we have a page on there. And um, yeah, I mean, this world could be just so much nicer. <laughs> we just stop having so many bees in our bonnets. And we're not wearing bonnets anyway. They were so 2001. Actually, that's not true. They were 1920, actually. There's nothing, no 2000 about it. Anyway, I'm digressing. Um, oh, and do you know what? In front of me is actually a picture of Eeyore and Piglet because I'm eight years old, apparently. And uh, <laughs> it was given to me by a friend of mine. And Eeyore's saying, how do you spell love? And Piglet says, you don't spell it, you feel it. And I pray that you guys feel love towards those people who offended you today. And that you actually take a moment to bless them and love them. Because here's the deal. There's going to be a day when we all get to reckon ourselves with each other. And we'll be really glad that we honoured them, that we covered them, that we were kind to them. And that we didn't have to involve them in all of our process with every element of, of offence. That actually we choose our fights wisely and we do it with dignity, darling.